Hello, and welcome to the ILO Global Business Network on Forced Labor's podcast. As a quick reminder, we are the Global Business Network bringing together businesses of all sizes and sectors and their representative organizations from around the globe to end forced labor. I am Laura Green, a Program Technical Officer at the ILO and responsible for coordinating the network. This is our third podcast series, and it's intended as a training package for small and medium-sized enterprises, or SMEs for short. In this podcast series, we aim to inspire SMEs to join the fight against forced labor. And today we're exploring tools that are designed for SMEs. We'll be speaking to two people. Firstly, to Alice Pease from the Global Business Coalition Against Human Trafficking, which is a member of the network. And then to my colleague, Sherelle Wilson. Before we hear from them, I wanted to highlight a key resource from the network that's available specifically for SMEs. We have a due diligence training on fair recruitment, which was designed with SMEs in mind. It takes you through the process of recruiting migrant workers fairly and gives you tips and tools along the way. We have just launched the French and Spanish versions, and it's of course available in English. We are working on adapting this to specific countries, with Malaysia being the first. It's available online and it's a self-paced training. You can also skip straight to the tools and resources by navigating from the overview page. Now let's turn to our speakers. Alice will tell us about their toolkit for corporate suppliers, which are often SMEs, as well as the modern slavery map, which is a great starting point for SMEs to look to organizations who are working on topics related to forced labor and fair recruitment and to see who they can turn to for support. Then Sherelle will tell us about the Forced Labor Observatory that was launched by the ILO in December and why it's a one-stop shop for information on forced labor. The tool was developed under the ILO Bridge Project, which is funded by the U.S. Department of Labor. Let's get started. Welcome, Alice. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Alice, before we get to looking at the tools for SMEs, could you tell us a bit about your role and the Global Business Coalition Against Human Trafficking, or GBCAT for short? Sure. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for inviting me to, to speak about GBCAT and our resources. My name is Alice Pease, and I'm a manager of GBCAT, which is short for the Global Business Coalition Against Human Trafficking, and also a human rights manager at BSR, which is a sustainability business network and consultancy. GBCAT is a business-led initiative which aims to eliminate human trafficking in global business operations. And we have members across industries, including hospitality, food and beverage, and the tech sectors. And our current members include Coca-Cola, Carlson, Google, and Marriott International. That's wonderful, Alice. A really broad range of work. And um, I know that GBCAT, like the Global Business Network on Forced Labor, have a strong focus on reaching small and medium-sized enterprises. So could you tell us a bit about why uh, GBCAT focuses on SMEs? Of course, uh, but maybe just before diving into this, I should specify that our work is uh, a bit more broad in focus uh, on corporate suppliers, which can obviously can include SMEs, but also larger corporations that work with our member companies. But I think there are really two main reasons why our focus on this group came about. The first is because corporate suppliers, including SMEs, uh, are exposed to forced labour risks in their communities. That is not to say that they are necessarily participating in forced labour, but employees of SMEs are often much better placed uh, than those employees of larger multinationals to identify violations and trigger the right alert mechanisms with local partners. 
So GBCAT's aim really is to give them uh, the insights to understand, see and respond to some of these forced labour risks. And I think the second reason why we've uh, decided to focus on corporate suppliers is that there's actually limited attention by NGOs on this uh, group of companies. Uh, so we know that the number of great NGOs and organisations focused on anti-trafficking and our intention when we set out was really not to duplicate their work. So we began by mapping the landscape of emerging anti-trafficking initiatives, collaborations and resources already out there and found that uh, there was limited attention on specific groups. And not only this, but we really saw GBCAT as being able to bring uh, a lot of value in this area, given our members' global reach and their very large supplier base. And I'll finally say that, you know, we recognize that GBCAT could develop shared resources so that each individual company doesn't have to reinvent the wheel on providing individual guidance and capability building, but can actually direct their efforts uh, to other parts of their human rights due diligence. That's fantastic, Alice. And that's really what we identified too, is that there was a, a gap in the market, so to, so to say, um, that SMEs really needed um, some, some additional tools and resources. So as a result of this, what has GBCAT been doing? Could you tell us a bit about the tools and resources that you've been developing? Sure. So as I mentioned, we've had this focus for a couple of years now, and really we've been creating guidance for corporate suppliers. So our first step was to produce uh, the GBCATS toolkit on addressing forced labor and other modern slavery risks, uh, which aims to help suppliers quickly identify areas of forced labor uh, risks and also develop a simple plan to prevent and address these risks. So ask questions including, why does preventing modern slavery matter to corporate suppliers and SMEs? What forms of modern slavery are corporate suppliers and their workers most likely to encounter? And concretely, what should the, they be doing to identify, prevent, and address these risks? Uh, so we know, again, that there's lots of guidance out there, but I think this uh, toolkit differentiates itself in providing very simple, easy to understand uh, guidance with case studies. And it should really be seen as a starting point for suppliers who have concerns with the issue. We don't pretend to have all the solutions. We know that uh, addressing forced labour risks uh, requires uh, much more in-depth due diligence, but I think this is a really good starting point uh, for framing the issue and, and for identifying some next steps. In addition to this toolkit, we've, uh, we've developed a couple of infographics, including one on forced labour, and deceptive and coercive recruitment, which can be used in multiple different ways, including as posters on factory office walls uh, or to download and distribute to suppliers. Uh, and then finally, we've got a, a supplier library. So once suppliers have looked at the toolkit and they want more guidance, what they can do is they can go onto our website and find a whole host of different resources, which have been developed uh, by other organizations to help them. Uh, in their efforts. So I should say that some of our members, including Google, have been using these resources 
uh, during uh, their capacity building workshops or, and to raise awareness of forced labor risks with key partners, including SMEs. Uh, and they are free and available uh, to download on our website. So I'd encourage you all to visit www.gbcat.org. Uh, and we're also in the process of developing template policies and a reporting framework. So there's lots more to come. Thank you, Alice. Um, it's great to know that there's a freely available as well. That's also a key thing for, for reaching small and medium-sized enterprises. We know that another key challenge uh, for SMEs is often that there are many people engaging with companies on forced labor, many organizations, NGOs, et cetera, and it's difficult for them to know who to turn to for help with specific challenges. Do you think a tool like the interactive map for business of anti-human trafficking organizations, we also call it the modern slavery map, could help? And could you tell us a bit about this and how it works? Absolutely. And it's been great, Laura, to, to collaborate with you on, on the development of this resource. Uh, so we know that human trafficking is a global issue which relies on international criminal networks and takes advantage of vulnerable migrants, but it's also a really local and, and community-based issue which requires close collaboration with different partners. So building up these relationships uh, can be with local service providers, including law enforcement or NGOs, is really part of a very proactive and resilient approach to a company's anti-trafficking strategy. So this is where the modern slavery map comes in. It helps companies, however large or small, uh, to identify global and local initiatives and organizations that, that they can partner with on their anti-trafficking efforts. So whether you need a partner to help you with your anti-trafficking approach in a specific industry, for example, mining, or on a specific issue, it may be recruitment or child labor, the online website does part of this mapping process for you uh, and provides relevant contact details and information, whether you want organizations situated in Europe, Asia, or Latin America. So it's really a great place to start. And maybe I'll just finish by saying, if you are partnering with external stakeholders, then make it known. Share this information with your international clients and have a communications in plan in place, uh, which is underpinned by meaningful due diligence, because this may be a real distinguishing factor and bring you competitive advantage in your client search for responsible business partners. Thank you, Alice. That's fabulous. And uh, these are really key for SMEs to get started. So your GBCAT tools for corporate suppliers and the modern slavery map or interactive map are important places to start. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much. Hi, Sherelle. Thank you for talking to me today. We're excited to learn more about the ILO's Forced Labor Observatory. Firstly, could you tell me a little bit about your role at the ILO? Um, and a bit about the project that you're working on. Hi, so my name is Sherelle Wilson, and I'm working as the Monitoring and Database Officer for the Bridge Project. The project aims to support global and national efforts to implement the 2014 ILO protocol and recommendation on forced labour to effectively eliminate traditional and state-imposed forced labour systems and to significantly reduce contemporary forms of forced labour. So the project works globally, but also in six pilot countries, which are Malaysia, Mauritania, Nepal, Niger, Peru, and Uzbekistan. 
that's fantastic. And the network's been working with and been supported by Bridge even prior to its launch. So we're really pleased for you to join us today and to be able to disseminate this important tool. Thank you for having me. Only a pleasure. And the Fosfab Observatory, it was launched on the 2nd of December. Um, Can you tell us a bit about the database? Yes, of course. Um, So the ILO constituents requested the ILO to develop a global data warehouse in forced labour and trafficking. I think the consensus was that there was so much information on forced labour out there, but the information was often scattered and dispersed. And in some cases, information was not always supported by references or evidence. So for some countries, it was quite hard to have an overview of what the forced labour situation and national to responses to forced labour were. So what we wanted to achieve with the Forced Labour Observatory, also known as the FLOW, was to develop a one-stop shop for information on forced labour, where stakeholders could find all the information that they might need with regards to forced labour in specific countries. And equally important that this information was also supported by credible evidence and reputable sources that the user could access for themselves. And this is exactly what the flow does. So while the flow is a work in progress, and we are constantly receiving new information and updating the country profiles, the flow platform itself provides an overview of the forced labor situation worldwide. And also it has country profiles for all the 187 ILO member states. And these country profiles are also in line with the provisions of the forced labor protocol, which means that we have a wealth of information on national responses, including national laws and policies and measures related to enforcement, prevention, including fair recruitment due diligence, protection and access to justice and remedies. And I also think that, you know, what's important to mention for the flow is that for each and every entry that we have, we have a reference with a link to its original source. So this means that users can consult the original sources for themselves directly. And in terms of the sources we've used, these include a wide range of reliable and whenever possible primary sources, such as sources from international organizations, such as the ILO, UNODC, IOM, OHCR, and others. Regional uh, organizations, such as the African Union, Council of Europe, and ASEAN, and national institutions, so principally governments and universities. That's fantastic. It's going to be so important for us to have a one-stop shop, um, not only for the network members, but also for for us working in the Secretariat. And what about the features of the website? What are the main features? Yes, that's a very important question. So um, the first thing to say is that the website link is www.ilo.org forward slash flow dashboard. So please go and check it out. Um, When you reach the page, you'll see that it's very easy to navigate. Um, We have interactive global maps, graphs and tables covering ratified instruments, national legal and policy frameworks and prevention measures, for instance. And several of the maps and graphs can also be filtered. So this will allow you to compare information between countries and to see which countries meet a specific criteria. For example, which countries have ratified the ILO Convention Number 29 or which countries um, have due diligence measures in place. We're also working on additional features and advanced search filters, which will be available later this year. 
Also, I think one thing I definitely want to highlight for our users today and our listeners today is that this tool is a work in progress and living tool. Um, we know that the forced labor situation and information on forced labor is always evolving. There's always new information. So we welcome contributions from all users um, and we really look forward to collaborating with everyone because it's a collaborative effort. So if you have any information that is currently missing from the Flow website or which you think needs to be updated, please, please send us an email with the information and the direct link and source to flow at ilo.org. That's great. It's good to hear that it's a living database and we can all continue to contribute to it over time. Um, and Sherelle, today, obviously, we were speaking to those who are interested in the business network and particularly aiming our episode at small and medium-sized enterprises. So I wondered if you could tell us uh, how is the tool relevant for companies and particularly for SMEs? Yes, thanks. So the tool is definitely relevant for companies and SMEs. Um, in particular, I think the flow is a really good place to start to gain a better understanding of the issue and where the risks are in different countries, including when companies are seeking to expand operations to new countries, for instance. We know that companies of all sizes face increased requirements for due diligence and taking a risk-based approach to a key issue such as forced labor definitely requires good, credible data and information, which is exactly what the flow provides. In addition, um, this information can also be used by companies and uh, particularly SMEs to inform risk profiles and adapt prevention and remediation strategies to company operations and country context. I think that's really key. I want to underscore that for the listeners, that this is also freely available. Um, the website is hosted by the ILO um, and it's credible information that you can access. I think much of this um, is often being gathered by people individually or uh, a very expensive databases that need to be purchased. So for SMEs who are looking for information, it's, a, it's an important, freely available resource. Cheryl, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. We've covered some really great resources and there's a lot more out there. And I would encourage you to look through the library on the network's website for more. All the links to the tools we mentioned today are in the show notes. This is a podcast from the International Labour Organization's Global Business Network on Forced Labour. Visit our website on flbusiness.network for more information. Thank you for listening.